Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here's your host, DJ Bob. I've interviewed lots of people on this show. Actors, musicians, puppeteers. I guess I could add the original voice of Siri to the list. Susan C. Bennett joins us this episode, and we talk about how she got the iconic role as the voice on your phone, other voiceover opportunities, and so much more. Enjoy this fun and informative chat. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing good. How about you? Doing good. I'm so happy we're here and we're finally talking today. Mm-hmm. What is something that you wish people knew about your career and what you Oh, <laughs> oh that's hard to answer because I, you know, eh, I guess that I'm a musician. I started as a musician and uh, just kind of worked my way into the voiceover business. Did being a musician and working in that environment help you in the voiceover industry? Like, how did it, did it enhance any skills? Did it teach you anything that you didn't know? Or how did that help you? Well, uh, I got into voiceover because of being a singer, because um, I had been doing a lot of jingle singing. And I had sung with a group to do a particular, you know, commercial and the voice actor didn't show up to read the copy for the spot. So the owner of the studio said, Susan, you don't have an accent. Come over here and read this copy. And I thought, oh, I can do this. So I got a voice coach and then a talent agent. And, um, and it took off from there. And I do have to say that, that quite a few uh, voice actors do come from music because uh, a lot of times acting and performing is very rhythmic. And so I think it helps to be uh, musical when you get into the business. How did Siri fall into your lap? How did Siri fall into my lap? Yeah, how did Siri? It's a crazy story. It is a crazy story. And I have no, I really can't answer that. Um, I did some recordings, IVR recordings, which means interactive voice response. And at the time I was told, and I've spoken to other original Siri voices that had the same experience. We just thought we were doing some sort of generic recording for, for phone systems. And, uh, and so, uh, in other words, we expected all this to be sort of anonymous. And then uh, just a few years later, I was Siri. And I have no idea who chose my voice or how the process you know, happened. I, I like to think Steve Jobs was involved because he was very involved in the development of the Siri app, but I really don't know. And Apple has not disclosed that information. So <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever know. And think then they've sort of 
retooled and oh yeah they've changed the voice two or three times yeah Mm -hmm. but like how how did it make you feel knowing that you were the first voice that people heard for this technology yeah it's pretty it's pretty overwhelming actually it's uh i i really uh enjoyed being the original voice of siri it's opened up new um a new, a whole new career for me in that I became a speaker and I go around uh, the country and, and uh, well, I've also been to Australia and Croatia and a few other places uh, telling the story of Siri uh, as a, as a public speaker. So, um, you know, she created a whole new career for me uh, late in my career life. So I'm uh, grateful for that. So what's the weirdest job in voiceover that you've ever had? Uh, I think the job of the singing chicken. I had to be a singing singing chicken for Zeneca Agricultural Products. <laughs> that was that was pretty darn weird. <laughs> well, that's something that not a lot of people can say. Exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, Siri wasn't your first time doing something for an assistant. You were a voice for an ATM. You want to tell that story? ATMs were introduced in the late 70s, and um, people were afraid of them because you have to remember at that time, computers weren't. The computers were just at IBM. <laughs> you know, people. Yeah, or, or, in, or in like big, there were big things in like science labs or right. whatever. Yeah, exactly. So people didn't trust machines with their money. So they, the ATMs, it took a, a really long time for ATMs to be accepted. And so uh, an ad agency in Atlanta, McDonald and Little, had a, um, there's a brilliant idea to personalize the machine. So they put a smiling, you know, female face on the machine and they created a jingle and they named the machine Tilly, the all-time teller. And so I sang the jingle about Tilly, the all-time teller. And that was my association with that. But the, the cool thing is that people, people really um, responded to that approach. And so the ATMs at First National Bank of Atlanta became the first successful ATMs in the country. And so I can only assume that uh, all the other you know, ATMs, a lot of banks uh, nationwide uh, adopted that same uh, <laughs> that same process of uh, personalizing the machine. That's so that's so fun because you're you're a part of like hearing and that it's sort of in the same realm of doing things that are revolutionary for making things easier for people. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and one of the things that means a lot to me is disability inclusion and diversity and things like that. So, Siri has been a big help for me as far as getting more productivity in my life and making sure that things go to plan. What does it mean for you knowing that you're helping people like me and I mean you're not helping a capital, but you're part of it and Siri helps people with speech impediments or things like that. You're a part of something that impacts 
so many types of people. Well, yeah, uh, that's a very, very good feeling. Uh, that's it. Yeah, it makes me very happy that that's the case. And I think my voice had been used years and years before Siri was created. Um, I was a, a digital voice called Samantha. And I've had some, um, you know, people who are um, blind uh, contact me and say, that, oh, we, we, <laughs> we already knew your voice because, uh, you know, they would use uh, speech technology since they weren't able to see, you know, links to click on and things like that. So that's a, that's, that is a very, very uh, gratifying aspect of being the voice of Sierra. I'm very, very happy about that. Now, when you're on the street and people realize that, because you've done interviews, you've been around, so when people realize that you are Siri, is there a phrase that they get you to say or do or like what what usually happens when you're in public and you get recognized well i really don't get recognized very often i'm usually just introduced by yeah we went to a concert over the weekend uh, and we met up with a friend of ours and and he had his nephew with him and he said and by the way she's the voice of siri and he freaked out oh yeah <laughs> the, the kid just freaked out really really you're really the voice of siri and then i do the siri voice and that's when they believe me <laughs> so you've been hired after siri to do things as Siri, pretty much. You've been a part of some TV project and stuff like that. So what is that like, sort of knowing what you're doing now as Siri, and it's not just some random mystery about what they're going to do with your voice? Well, um, you know, it's as I said, it's, it's you know, I don't do very much uh, voice work like that anymore. Um, because I am identified as the original Siri voice. And so the way I relate to it these days is just, you know, doing interviews, you know, like as this one. And um, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews and uh, people are still interested in the story of how it all happened because, uh, you know, I was the original voice and, you know, Alexa and the others came afterwards. And uh, so it is kind of a cool thing. It's a uh, uh, it was definitely a, a game-changing <laughs> happening, you know, when uh, Apple created Siri. One of the one of the stories that you tell often is the first time you heard Siri, and you didn't even know that they were using your voice for that. Right. Would you Would you mind sharing that? Yeah, um, it was uh, Siri appeared on October fourth. 2011. And on that very day, I got an email from a fellow voice actor who said, uh, hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. Isn't this you? And uh, I said, gee, I don't know. <laughs> so I went on the um, Apple site and listened and I went, oh, <laughs> yes, that's me. And uh, th that was a very freaky thing because Something of that magnitude, and you know, a, a job of that, you know, stature uh, is something that you would think you would have been aware of and paid for. But <laughs> that was not the case. Apple got all of our voices from a company called Nuance. And so that that company made the money. And uh, so, of course, we got paid for our recordings, but none of us was paid for being on millions and millions of, of iPhones. And the, oh, the problem with that is... 
when you do IVR recordings and your voices are used on GPS systems, uh, GPSs and, and, you know, uh, voicemail and things like that, you still remain anonymous. But when you're the voice of a, of a tiny uh, computerized phone, you know, uh, which the iPhone was, um, and people are talking to you constantly all day long, and they become so familiar with your voice that suddenly, you know, you've sort of lost your cachet. And suddenly, you know, it was very hard for me to get different work other than just being Siri. And so um, that's one of the reasons it took me a long time to reveal myself as the voice, because I thought, you know, as soon as I tell people I'm a Siri, they're going to think that's all I can do. Yeah. Like Siri. So uh, it took me a really long time to decide, but my husband and my son <laughs> were really vehement about it. They said, this is such an unusual opportunity. You are really silly not to take advantage of this. And I thought, well, they're right. Um, this is this is something new and different, and I need to just not be afraid of it. Embrace just, it. Yes, embrace it and just uh, take that leap of faith. And, uh, and as soon as I did that, and that's, that's one of the things I talk about in my, in my speech, in my uh, speaking events, is that if you can take a chance, take that leap of faith, embrace the unknown, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, the universe is there with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that's, that's what happened to me. As soon as I made that decision, wow, it was like an explosion going off. I had all kinds of TV interviews and when I did my first uh, big interview for CNN on their morning show, when I got back to Atlanta, I went to New York for that. When I got back to Atlanta, I had like 500 phone calls and just tons and tons of emails and people <laughs> wanting to talk about Siri and, and uh, interview me. And so that, that was the beginning of, of a whole new career for me. So it was, uh, it was the right thing to do. And I wish that I wish that I hadn't been so reluctant. I wish that I had, and had embraced it sooner. Um, Honestly, that's how I feel too, because having a disability and doing a podcast, it doesn't, that's not the first thing that people think of because of stutters and whatnot and right. all that. But <clears throat> I've been, I've been, uh, but I've been doing this for 12 years now. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> Congratulations. And, and I, uh, you know, I've done, this is nothing, this is nothing new. So I, t I totally understand the concept of, you know, throwing it at the wall and seeing one stick. And it, when you do it, it it's almost freeing. Exactly. Yeah, because I worried over it for, geez, almost two years, and uh, which is crazy. I look back on it and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, you know, there were a lot of things to consider. I wasn't sure um, the, the reaction of Apple. And, um, you know, you certainly don't want to have a gigantic corporation on your back. <laughs> and so I, I did some research and I did a lot of thinking about it. And I just thought, well, you know, um, my voice is my own intellectual property. And if, as long as I say I'm the original voice of Siri, which I'm always careful to do, I don't say I'm Siri. There's really nothing they can do. And they, and they haven't even contacted me. You know, they haven't, uh, the only, the only thing that, uh, when, uh, my voice was on the iPhone or and I think it might've even been afterwards, the, the Siri voice, if someone said, who is Susan Bennett, she will say, 
she, uh, she was the original voice of Siri. And that's as close as Apple came to verifying <laughs> the fact. <laughs> and I know you said, I know you said that you don't get recognized often, but do you ever, do you ever get the, Hey, Siri. <laughs> uh, well, people who know that I'm the, the original voice of Siri do. I mean, my, my investment guy calls me Siri. <laughs> 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 and, and, you know, certain other people do that too. And it's, oh, they think it's funny and it's fine. You know, it's fine. Um, but most people don't recognize the voice. In fact, of all the, you know, the time that my voice was on the iPhone, only two people recognized my voice. One guy was a banker at Wells Fargo Bank, and the other guy was a waiter. And both of them said, gee, your voice sounds familiar. You're, well, are, are you Siri? <laughs> but that only happened with two people. And I told them both, I said, look, you need to quit your job and go get something in audio because you've got great ears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So, I don't know that they took. I don't know that they took my advice, but <laughs> even if they did, just, just knowing that you said that might have given them a boost of confidence. That's right. So, what have you learned from this unexpected journey for the past eleven years? Well, I guess the main thing is that we all kind of like to feel that we have some sort of control. And we don't always. And, you know, it's the same old life lessons that you always hear about, you know, the things that, you know, face your fears and, um, you know, to, don't be afraid to take risks because you'll never have new opportunities or do something new if you don't do that. And, you know, so it's basically, uh, you know, I'm just sort of affirming, you know, those thoughts and say, that's exactly right. You know, um, just don't be a, don't let fear hold you back from, from doing certain things. Yeah. And uh, the thing is that, you know, if something, if you do something and you fall flat on your face, well, yeah, just get up and uh, brush yourself off and then <laughs> figure out something else. You know, I think that's a, we're also afraid that we're going to hurt ourselves in some way or, or. But it's hurt. funny when you dive in head first and you do something completely bonkers and years later, you look back at that and you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> like I've, yeah. I've done so much. Like literally, literally, the first iteration of our show was live for four hours straight. Oh my goodness! For wow, five <laughs> for five days. And I look oh. back at five days a week, and I'm like, how did I <laughs> even think yeah. that that was okay? Right. <laughs> Right. That's that's a long time to be on the air. Well, disc jockeys do it, but they play records too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, they play music in between. They don't have to <laughs> No, I'm like for four hours. <laughs> and literally and literally with my stamina with with you know, because I was running a board, I was operating everything. So it's like with the disability component, you're like, I was I would fall asleep four hours after it. You might be like all right, I have to do pre-recording stuff. And right. everything then, it was just better. So yeah. it's trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, with technology, everything is, you can do everything in your home studio now or wherever you need to. 
Exactly. Now there are there are disadvantages to that too, though, um, because you you know I find that I it, I find that it can be kind of isolating. But I've worked from home, you know, doing voice work since oh my god, twenty five years. <laughs> Started in the late nineties. Wow, what wow, what was your first setup like that? That's intriguing. Well, the funny thing is, I was living in a different house at the time, and we just kind of sort of constructed this smaller room inside a bigger room in the basement. And the funny thing is that the acoustics ended up being great. And of course, I had some help with from people that I was working with and people that that were, you know, audio engineers and and um, and there's a a, a very uh, popular and successful voice actor named Pete Turbyville. And he was very, very helpful with, you know, helping me decide which, you know, what sort of equipment to buy, what kind of microphone to get. And so he was the one that really helped me with all that. But I look back on it and in the house I'm in now, I mean, I spent some money and made, you know, a, made a booth that's on rubber feet and stuff. So that has, you know, sound uh, control and, you know, no matter what we do, we just, we can't get the sound as good as it was in that crazy little first studio I had. <laughs> so what are you using now? Like what? Yeah. You- well, my husband is a guitar player, a fabulous musician, and he's very interested in sound. And he found this equipment called Mike Tech that he likes very much, M-I-K-T-E-K. And so I have, uh, that's what my uh, preamp is, a Mike Tech and I use a Neumann. Um, oh, yeah. A Neumann microphone. And uh, yeah, because my, you know, the thing about voiceover and it's now it's easier to get into, but it's harder to get work. Because yeah, because tech- everybody's doing it. That's right. It, technology made it so that you don't have to build an expensive studio for yourself. You just have to have a smartphone, a mixer, a good microphone and a closet. <laughs> and basically you've got a studio. And so what that has meant for a voiceover people is that there are a lot of amateurs, you know, people that think just because they have an interesting sounding voice, think that they can do voiceover. Yeah. Perhaps they can do some, but the, you know, it's a skill like anything else. And if you really want a career in voiceover and do a lot of different things, it really behooves you to take acting classes, voice classes, learning how to use the, the equipment, learning how to use a microphone properly, all of those things. And um, But the problem is that there are so many people out there trying to do this job that every time you do an audition, you know, back in the day when I'd have to go into my agent's office to do an audition, you know, you would audition against maybe 20 people or something. And now you're just auditioning against hundreds. And there's really no way to set yourself apart. You know, um, it's it's all kind of pretty random. And uh, so, yeah, it, the business has changed a lot. And I don't know how they're going to get it back down to a more controlled <laughs> situation. And, you know, the pandemic didn't help either. Right. This has been so wonderful to chat with you and just catch up. And we've been planning this for quite a while, but I'm so glad we got to chat today. Yeah, me too. Me too. And thank you so much for inviting me on your show. So where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Well, uh, I have a website that's my name, SusanCBennett.com. Um, and there's a lot of information on there. There are, there's a, there are some demos on there, voice demos, as well as a speaker demo. 
And uh, basically, you know, history, there's also a TED talk that I did um, that really uh, in a short time, short amount of time tells basically the story of Siri. And um, also um, I'm not very active on social media. In fact, I have a good friend who's an actor, author, and podcaster himself, and he kind of does my social media for me. But if you want to reach out it, my, my handle for Twitter and Instagram is at seriously Susan and serious is S I R I O U S L Y (laughs) seriously Susan. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, on Facebook, it's just uh, Susan Bennett dash voice of Siri. Well, thank you so much. And I hope we get to chat again soon. Thank you. Take care. We'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Bye. 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 The DJ Bob show. Pop culture, past and present.